We're happy to have this episode sponsored by Real Mushrooms. You probably already know about some of the great benefits of adding mushrooms to your diet, like better sleep, greater mental clarity, and a stronger immune system, but not all mushroom products are equal. Real Mushrooms is the real deal. Many mushroom companies harvest the mushroom and the grain it's growing on. Real Mushrooms products contain no grains or starch fillers. They're organic, cultivated naturally, and third-party verified for beta-glucans, the compound that makes them so valuable as a supplement. They even have a science and medical team of doctors who ensure that Real Mushrooms meets the highest standards. What I personally love is how informative their website is. Have questions about what mushroom is right for you? They have a robust blog with articles ranging from women's health to what mushrooms are most beneficial to your pet. Want to boost your immune system? Have better sleep and feel more calm? Grab the link in the show notes and get 25% off of your first order. Curiously enough, acupuncture is not just sticking needles into people. It's part of a coherent and observation-based medicine that experienced practitioners of the art have handed down over the centuries. I'm Michael Max, your host and guide of Everyday Acupuncture. Listen in as we explore how you can apply the principles of this ancient medicine in your everyday life. Hey folks, welcome back to Everyday Acupuncture Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Max. Today, the guest of the show, well, you're stuck with me. Today, I wanted to do a solo show. I don't do these all that often, but there's been a few things that have come up in clinic lately, and I thought, you know, this might be good material for a podcast. Most of the people that listen to this show, well, you know, it's geared for the general public, It's geared for those of you that are maybe thinking about using acupuncture or perhaps use other kinds of alternative health care or just want to learn more about Chinese medicine in general. And I know that there's plenty of practitioners that also listen. You might find this interesting. This is some of my clinical experience. Uh, If you don't, uh, just head over to Geological. You'll find some good stuff over there that you like. But today I've got a couple of things. This is content that has come up because of some discussions with patients or some things that have come up in clinic. Today, I'm going to talk about four different things. We're going to talk about, number one, do I need to have a problem to get acupuncture? The second thing we're going to get into is hydration. The third is, oh man, this is always a good one. How does acupuncture work? And finally, who's an acupuncturist? So let's dive into this first one first. Do I need a problem to get acupuncture. I had a patient come in the other day who said, my knee is doing great. I can go up and down the stairs. I can go camping. I'm basically not having any trouble with it. But, you know, I really like coming here. So is it okay if I come in if I don't have a problem? And for me, this is kind of a a funny thing to hear because... I'm an acupuncturist. Most acupuncturists know that acupuncture is not just for helping to get rid of problems. It's really helpful for helping you to stay healthy. 
Over in Asia, where they use it a whole lot more, it's not unusual. Women go see an acupuncturist or an herbalist after their period just to kind of adjust and regulate things. Where sometimes people, after having had a cold or maybe they've been traveling a lot, they'll go get some acupuncture or some Chinese herbs just to kind of, they say, tiali, tiali, to regulate the system a little bit. So over in Asia, acupuncture and Chinese medicine is used not just to get rid of problems, but it's used to help prevent them as well. And in the case, especially here in the United States, because acupuncture is one of the great ways to just kind of chill out and enjoy yourself. And you don't need to have a problem to do that. You know, much like you might enjoy going out to a movie, or you might enjoy going to plays or taking yourself out for a nice meal, maybe you just like to get your toenails done, right? Or cozy up with a nice book on a Saturday afternoon. There's all kinds of things that we do for ourselves because it's just self-care and it feels good and we just plain like doing it. If you happen to get acupuncture and you just love the way it makes you feel, hey, feel free to make an appointment with your local acupuncturist for just a little bit of harmonizing and regulating and just give yourself a little vacation on the table. You know, it's funny, and, and again, if, if there's some acupuncturists listening, I'm sure that you're going to uh, shake your head yes when you think about this. And hey, even if you're a patient, you might have done this too. I often will have people come in and I ask how they're doing. They say, you know, I've, I've really been doing quite well. Things have been pretty good, but in the past couple of days, my sleep has gotten like this or my knee's gotten a little bit like that or my digestion, it got a little meh. And it's like they're looking for a reason to come in. You know, I got this little thing that's kind of going wrong. I just want to let you folks know that you don't have to have a problem to go get yourself some acupuncture. You can do it just because it makes you feel good. You can do it just because it helps to keep you healthy. And you can do it just because, well, you darn like it. So don't worry about having a problem to go see your acupuncturist. You can just uh, say, hey, I want to do it. And you go do it. All right. This uh, next piece on hydration. Oh, man, hydration. This one. Uh, get ready, folks, because I'm probably not going to be saying what, what you think I'm going to be saying. I am often talking to people and telling them, I think you're drinking a little bit too much water. And the reason that I know people might be drinking too much water is because their tongues are really puffy and swollen. Sometimes they've got a really wet coating on the tongue, or they've got edema, or their digestion doesn't work in certain kinds of ways. And... It's very surprising for lots of folks to hear a healthcare practitioner say, you might want to consider drinking a bit less water because, and I don't know how this has come about in our world these days, but it seems like everybody is drinking tons and tons of water. You see this all over the internet. It, it, it's one of these common things. Everybody knows you're supposed to drink a ton of water. And... As with so many things in Chinese medicine, how much water you should be drinking is very much dependent on the kind of body you have, the way that you metabolize water, and your individual system. It's not the kind of thing where, oh, you're a certain weight, you should drink a certain amount of water. 
different people have different abilities to metabolize fluids. Now, here's the thing. You can be drinking a bunch of water, but if you're not metabolizing it properly, if you're not actually getting it to go where it needs to go and nourish the cells in the way that it needs to nourish them, what you end up with is accumulations of phlegm. What you end up with is this sort of stagnant water. It's not physiologically useful. It will be in your system, but the body can't really utilize it for proper biological functioning. And anything that the body can't use for proper biological functioning is basically an obstruction of some sort. And so a lot of times I see patients who have what I call fluid stagnation. They've got too much fluid in them and it messes with their digestion. They get bloated. Sometimes they have loose stools. It can sometimes cause some issues with congestion. Lots of these folks will have some edema. Their legs will get puffy. And one surefire way to tell if your system has too much water and you're not processing fluids well, is if you stick your tongue out and you look at it and it's puffy, it's got teeth marks and the coating is kind of wet, then you know that you've got too much fluid in your system. Now, I've mentioned this to patients and sometimes they believe me and sometimes they don't because, I mean, how often on the internet do you see somebody saying, hey, don't drink so dang much water? I mean, you usually don't. So it's a, it's a little unusual to hear a healthcare practitioner say, ease up on the water. But if you've got one of these really puffy tongues or you're bloated all the time and you've got some edema, you might want to consider less water. Now, counterintuitive as this sounds, there are people who have dry mouths. Their mouth is dry, their throat is dry, they've got that puffy tongue, and yet they're not thirsty at all. The mouth is dry, but they're not thirsty. What does this mean? It means that they want to like sip on a little water and maybe they want to drink a little bit. They're not the kind of people that go drink a bunch of fluids because once they drink fluids, they're like bloated, they don't feel well. That is the kind of fluid stagnation that I'm talking about here. And even though the mouth is dry, it doesn't mean that there is a lack of fluids. In fact, I was just talking about phys fluids that are not physiologic fluids, fluids that are an obstruction. They get in the way of things. And one of the things that they will get in the way of is fluids going to the mouth. And so it's possible to have a dry mouth and still have too much fluid. In fact, it's possible to have dry skin. And it's not because there's not enough fluid in your body. It's because you've got fluids that are out toward the edge of the body, but they're stagnated fluids. And so they're not able to nourish the tissues as well as they should. So I'd like you all to give some consideration here to the fluids that you drink and think about drinking when you feel thirsty. Or think about drinking, maybe you're kind of hungry, but you don't want to eat something. That's a good time to drink some fluids too. Just put something in your stomach. But in terms of drinking because you're trying to tick off a certain amount of glasses on your Fitbit or because someone on the internet said that you're supposed to drink X amounts of glasses of water, I would encourage you, and 
I mean, don't take my word for it. Just do this as an experiment. Give it a couple of weeks. Try drinking when you're thirsty. Now, if you're the kind of person that doesn't know if you're thirsty or not, well, that's a problem right there. And it's something that you might want to learn how to pay attention to because, you know, our bodies are tremendously brilliant and they know how to regulate themselves and they know how to heal themselves and they should be able to let you know if you need some water or if you don't. So if you're drinking tons of water, you might want to give it a break. And if you have questions about this, well, you could always email me, but you could also talk to most any acupuncturist because pretty much any acupuncturist you talk to, at least those of us that have been trained in Chinese medicine, we are going to look at all the different aspects of your body, what kind of balance they have or kind of balance that they don't have. And we know that everybody is unique and everybody's really, really different. And you can get some help from your acupuncturist with that. So hydration, yeah. Give it a break if you're drinking a gallon of water a day. All right, here's one of my favorite questions. I hear this all the time. I suspect other acupuncturists hear it all the time. In fact, this is the question that took me to studying Chinese medicine 20 some odd years ago. Patients ask this all the time. People want to know this. How does acupuncture work? This is a super annoying question. I'm going to come at it from a couple of different angles. I want to talk about it from a Western biomedicine point of view. I'm going to talk about it from a Chinese medicine point of view, and then I'm going to just give you a quick take on what my thoughts are from having done this for 20 years now. So first of all, how does acupuncture work from a Western biomedicine point of view? Basically, the answer is nobody knows. There are some ideas about how it affects the nervous system. There, uh, especially when it comes to treating pain, there's this idea of gait theory and nerve signal propagation and some pretty uh, technical stuff there. But when you come right down to it, from the conventional medicine point of view, they got no idea why acupuncture works. Now, from a Chinese medicine point of view, we've got a lot of ideas about how acupuncture works. The problem is most of us haven't been schooled in Chinese medicine, and most of us don't know how to think about acupuncture the way that people in China do, because they've got a whole different culture, a whole different language. Things that make sense to them make no sense to us. So for example, you've probably heard about qi, right? It's on most acupuncturist website, qi, right? Spelled C-H-E-E, like the qi and cheese. Qi is actually a word in Chinese that you can't translate into English. It's often translated as energy or breath, some say vitality, but all of those are really poor translations. If you were to pick up a copy of a Chinese dictionary and you look up qi, and then you look up all the other characters that it's associated with that make up words, you would have like four or five pages of what they call binomes, two characters together that make up a word, right? So for example, weather, tian qi, sky qi, a person's complexion, mian qi, face qi. If someone is angry, we say they are sheng qi, qi going upward, right? 
What's the feeling when you're pissed off? Steam coming out of your ears, chi going upward. Chi gets used in lots of different ways. And really, it's kind of a word that expresses a movement, a function, a characteristic of something. And so cheap, that word by itself, not all that useful. The basic Chinese medicine idea about how acupuncture works is that it has something to do with how qi flows or moves through the body. And if you're thinking about it in Chinese, it actually makes a fair amount of sense. And if you're thinking about it in Chinese and you understand Chinese thought and you understand something of Chinese philosophy, it's, it's quite sensible. But when you start taking some of this stuff and you translate it into English and you say things like, oh yeah, acupuncture needles move the qi, that is an incredibly unsatisfying explanation to our Western minds. Personally, I think it sounds kind of goofy, right? It moves the chi, it moves the blood. What the heck does that mean? What I think it means, and here's how I think acupuncture works. This is, uh, you're not going to find this in a book. This is just an acupuncturist experience, just sitting down here with you on the podcast and uh, giving you what I think about it. Acupuncture, well, before I get into how acupuncture does this, let me first say, our bodies, the way that they are put together, the way that they self-organize, the way that they maintain themselves, regenerate themselves, heal themselves. You've heard other people say this, but really, it's nothing short of miraculous. And it does it all unconsciously. We don't have to think about trying to heal ourselves. We don't have to think about trying to digest our food or make our lungs breathe or pump our blood. Our body just does it. Our body has this incredible built-in capability. I guess you could say it's a certain kind of intelligence. The body basically knows what it needs to do, and it's got the ability to get the job done. Now, acupuncture works on this self-regulatory, this self-organizing, this self-healing system that we call our body. And how it does it, you know, honestly, I think it's a little bit mysterious. We can talk about that it moves the chi. You can talk about that it somehow affects the nervous system. But what I have discovered, and I see this in patients all the time, Needles, even the needle in the same place, will affect people in different ways. And what acupuncture basically does, and the way and the reason that it works, is it has a way of reawakening or reinvigorating or somehow bringing into play that self regulatory, that self healing capability that we've all got baked into us. Again, there's lots of theories, but when you come right down to it, there is something in you that knows how to heal you. There is something in you that knows how to find calm and peace. There is something in you that knows how to make the blood flow through your vessels so you don't have headaches. And there's something in you that knows how to make the digestive system work so that it works flawlessly. And acupuncture needles, when placed properly and given the right stimulation, 
has a way of interacting with this system. And that's about the best that I've got for you in terms of how does it work. It helps to reawaken something, something that we've already got in us. It might be functioning at a subpar level. Sometimes there's aspects of our self-healing mechanism that kind of goes to sleep. And acupuncture has this way of waking it up. Now, you know, I'm an acupuncturist and I've seen this happen time and time again. You know, if, if you're new to the podcast, if you've never had acupuncture, if you're skeptical, well, man, oh man, I would absolutely encourage you to be skeptical because those of us here in the West, we didn't grow up with this stuff. It's not like we had an aunt or an uncle or a grandma who knew how to use needles to do healing. We didn't grow up with that. We grew up with over-the-counter things at the drugstore or maybe something that we got from the doctor. And so if you've not had acupuncture and you're skeptical about it, you don't understand it, and so you're not sure you want to use it, I would encourage you, well, God, think about it this way, you know? People often come in and they'll say, hey, uh, Michael Max, can you tell me how Chinese medicine works? And often I'll, I'll just ask the question back to them. Yeah, I'm happy to answer that for you, but let me ask you a question first. How does Western medicine work? All right? I mean, a lot of us, even though we take certain prescriptions or we might believe things on the internet, when you think about it, how much do you know about how our conventional medicine actually works and actually heals and how the body metabolizes these substances and finds a way of healing itself? When you come right down to it, it is a bit mysterious. And when it comes to things like acupuncture, I would say find yourself a really good, competent practitioner and let them do their thing. Take your skepticism with you. Absolutely take your skepticism with you. But pay attention to the results you get. Pay attention to how you feel during the treatment. More importantly, pay attention to how you feel a day or two or three after the treatment and pay attention to how things are three or four treatments out from getting started with getting a problem worked on. Really, you can trust yourself and you can trust your body to judge by the results that you get. And that's really the best way to approach any healing situation. So there you have it. Those are my thoughts on how acupuncture works. Down to the last question. Who is an acupuncturist? I live in the state of Missouri. And here in the state of Missouri, there are a number of folks that call themselves acupuncturists. And there's even more that actually use needles. But there's two that call themselves acupuncturists. And the first is someone like myself, who is a, a licensed acupuncturist. I, a licensed acupuncturist has passed a national exam in acupuncture. And they've had to study Chinese medicine and acupuncture for a minimum of three years. That's a lot of study, and you need a bunch of clinical experience and a bunch of clinical supervision as well. So that's a licensed acupuncturist. And, and most states these days allow for licensed acupuncturists. And if you're looking for an acupuncturist in your area, you can check out the NCCAOM. Uh, NCCAOM.org is the website. They will have a listing. It's a database, actually. You can search it by your zip code or your city. And it has a list of people that have passed the national exam 
and have a modicum of experience. I've got at least three years of studying this stuff, right? So it's not a bad place to start. Granted, new practitioners are still finding their way, but, you know, hey, that's true with anyone who's new and out of school, right? You're just getting started with things. In the state of Missouri and in some other states, too, you know, you might want to check the laws and you might want to ask the practitioner that you're dealing with. There's another kind of practitioner that calls himself an acupuncturist. And here in Missouri, those are chiropractors. In the state of Missouri, chiropractors may, with as little as 100 hours of training, take a chiropractic acupuncture exam, pass it, and then become a certified acupuncturist. But on the sign outside their place, it'll say acupuncturist or it'll say acupuncture. And there can be a really big difference between someone who has studied it for a month or two, maybe three, and someone who studied it for three years. Now, I'm not saying that someone who hasn't learned a few really helpful techniques can't help people. They absolutely can. But just understand what you're getting. And that if you really want someone who has a depth of experience, and more importantly, a background in Chinese medicine so that they really understand where this stuff comes from, you might want to seek out your licensed acupuncturist. Finally, I'm going to open up a little can of worms here. There's a new practitioner in town who's doing acupuncture, except these folks, they don't call it acupuncture. They use acupuncture needles. They're basically using acupuncture technique. They mostly use acupuncture points, and it is your physical therapist. They, again, they don't call it acupuncture. In fact, they have taken acupuncture and given it a new name. It's called dry needling. And they say that dry needling is not acupuncture. It's not using the meridians. It's not using chi. You know, I mean, we have this way of talking about acupuncture as acupuncturist. And yes, it comes from Asia. And yes, it can sound a little bit weird or a little fruity. The physical therapists have done a really good job of re-languaging acupuncture and putting it into some very, very Western terms, a lot of which make a lot of sense. It really does. And, and hats off to them for taking acupuncture and looking at it through a different lens and being able to talk about it through the languaging of Western medicine and biomedicine and uh, modern physiology. It all makes sense. All the stuff they say about dry needling makes sense. And it absolutely applies to acupuncture because basically it's acupuncture. They're using acupuncture needles. They're using acupuncture points. The difference between your physical therapist doing dry needling and your acupuncturist is, again, the acupuncturist has three years of training. Physical therapists can go take a weekend course with dry needle and get themselves a certificate and then go to work. This is, for me, a concern. And the main concern is that of public safety and public health. Again, acupuncturists spend a lot of time knowing where to put the needles, being sure that they're not getting them stuck into organs like uh, lungs or other vital organs. And when you think about, at least when I think about someone who's just learned to do some needling and they've done it in a weekend, it makes me a little bit nervous. So it's food for thought in some states. 
physical therapists are allowed to practice dry needling. There's a big scope of practice war going on between our professions, which is basically what all this comes down to. It's a scope of practice war. You know, professions do this from time to time. You see someone else doing something and that looks pretty good. And hey, you know, I can add that to what I do. And, you know, it's often how you can help people because you, you bring in new techniques. I'm just a little concerned about the uh, public health and the safety aspects of that. At any rate, many states do allow for dry needling. So that is another form of acupuncture that you can get if you live in one of those states. Lots of other states do not allow for dry needling. I know that here in the state of Missouri, it's uh, considered against the law at this point. It's not currently a legal part of a physical therapist scope of practice, but uh, yeah, some of them do it anyway. So when you're looking for an acupuncturist, you might want to decide for yourself early on, am I looking for an acupuncturist? Am I looking for a physical therapist? Do I want a chiropractor who's got a little bit of, you know, a smattering of acupuncture? and uh, you know, knows a lot about adjusting bones and things like that. Do be aware that when people use the word acupuncture or they're thinking about uh, using needles in a way that's therapeutic, uh, you might just want to check in on their training. Well, you know, this is an acupuncture podcast uh, about the different ways of using needles that can help people get better. Why are people using needles? Why are other professions grabbing a hold of the uh, techniques of acupuncture? Well, there's some really darn good reasons. And the first one is because acupuncture is really effective stuff. And the second one is it's a really safe medicine. I mean, it is true, you know, a couple hours, a couple hundred hours of training, you can, you can learn some techniques that are very, very useful to people. And like with the physical therapists, they're taking a weekend class and you know what? They're helping people. You know why they're helping people? Because acupuncture flipping rocks. It's really super effective. It's really helpful medicine. And uh, that's why you're seeing it more and more. And I, for one, am delighted that more people are using needles to get some help to improve their health. And most importantly, improve their health because they're getting their own body and their own system re-regulated, rebalanced so that the body just takes care of itself. Yep. It's amazing medicine. And I'm so happy that it's available to so many people. I mean, every state in the union now, you can go get yourself some acupuncture. So that's it for today, folks. Just a short solo show. I hope that you have found it useful. I always enjoy your uh, comments. And if you have questions, just uh, pop on over to the website and uh, you can send an email. Thanks for listening and tune in again next month. I've got a... Uh, new special guest for you. Talk to you then. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Everyday Acupuncture. If so, please take a moment, click on the iTunes review button, and leave a review of the show. And be sure to tune in again next week.